John uh, Kachmatidis, veteran, supermarket mogul. There used to be the tradition uh, everywhere where you can hear WABC. Coupons would be in your weekly newspaper midweek and Sundays. On on, on uh, the Daily News, uh, this is 30 years ago, 40 years ago, in the Daily News on a Wednesday, the, the Daily News paper was sold, being sold for a nickel, five cents. You had $40 worth of coupons in it. Yeah. Really? $40, $40. worth wow. of coupons in it. Wow. So I would deliver daily 168, Sundays 182. But on Wednesdays, as John said, I had to get up even earlier. Because if you didn't have the newspaper to the door, the lady in the house had scissors in her hands while she had her little fluffy little yarn ball uh, uh, sneakers on or whatever. And she had to have her coupon. She was ready to cut them up and come to Gristini's and Red Apple and D'Agostino and do coupon redemption, which is like an art. Yeah, well, I remember all both those of my big companies, all those big companies, Procter and Gamble, Scott Paper, uh, uh, their marketing, they they would run. Uh, they would have the highest prices ever. They keep raising prices, raising prices, raising prices, and they thought they would be marketing by putting out coupons so the people that really wanted a discount would buy the product because of the coupon versus uh, the normal dumb people would say, oh, I don't know, you know, I just just pick it up and buy it. So th- that, that was their strategy of the big companies, uh, charge as much as you can get for the Oreo cookies, for the animal crackers, and – and then if somebody really wanted a deal, they get the coupon. So just curious, what would, like, margins end up being without the coupon? And then margins would be, let's say, with the coupon, it's, if there's anything you remember. like Well, people pretty good... kept it separate. Yeah. And uh, uh, what they would do, uh, they wanted to say, show sales and, and movement. Oh, last year we sold $100 million worth of Oreos. This year we sold 120, but they kept they kept raising the price, and then when they issued the coupons, that would go on a separate line in the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. In other words, they gave away five million dollars worth of coupons. That would go under oh marketing expense, but sales would look like they're soaring, uh, and they ended up making a bigger margin. Because the people that just bought it off the shelf, if you walked into a convenience store and just bought those Oreo cookies, you're not going to bring a coupon into a convenience store. And uh, that, that's the way the large manufacturers got bigger and bigger. And, and, and the problem that happened uh, with the large manufacturers, uh, the, the old Drexel Burnhams, the LBO firms, 
They they went out and they figured out, let's buy the company. We'll cut out the corporate jets. We'll cut, cut out this. We'll cut out that. And, 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 and be able to own the company. And uh, guess what? They destroyed a lot of companies. Mm. That well, the big one has always been Procter & Gamble. You land in Cincinnati. The biggest building in downtown Cincinnati is the Procter & Gamble building. They have issued coupons for so many products that have been bought by Americans over the years. John, they had their own police department, which I actually witnessed uh, in operation in Detroit. What they did was they looked at coupon redemption rates. So let's say Baltimore had 7%, Philly had 6%, New York had 8%. Then they looked at Detroit, 22%. I said, wait a second, how can 22% of the coupons that we put out there be redeemed in what they call party stores in Detroit, party stores that were run by the Christian Iraqians, Chaldeans, who had the monopoly of all those party stores? So, John... They would take the newspaper every day. They had an AM newspaper and a PM newspaper, the Detroit News in the morning, and you would get the Detroit Free Press in the afternoon, and they had coupons in there. So the people who ran the party stores, the Christian Iraqians, would would take all the leftover newspapers, cut out the coupons, and then the women in the back of the stores would put them in cushions. They would sit on it. They would put it in dryers and tumble it to make it appear that it was used. They would bundle it up, turn it into the wholesalers so they would get their commission. The wholesalers would get theirs. In the meantime, Procter & Gamble had to deliver on 22% of those that were turned back. So they came in and raided all the party stores, locked up Chaldeans, and sent them to jail. I've never heard of this. Wow. They have their own police department, and naturally, when they would come in locally, the county sheriff would work with them, the local police would work with them, the state police, at times the FBI, because coupons were so lucrative. You're talking a millions well, and millions people, of dollars. The, the original people that owned Sloan's, the way I, the way I bought Sloan's company, um, the original people that owned Sloan's ended up going to jail. Why? Charities would come in. And say, look, our our charity for the Hadassah, we cut five thousand dollars worth of coupons. Would you give us a thousand dollar donation uh, to uh, our charity? So uh, they would write a check for a thousand dollars to the charity. They get a tax deduction, and in turn, they got five thousand dollars worth of coupons. And wow. uh, people ended up going to jail for that. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know. N- Nobody thought it was anything really, really bad you were doing, but it ended up to be uh, what, what the Procter & Gamble people got you on and uh, uh, mail fraud. They, got the, uh, the, they convinced the U.S. Postal Services, oh, that's mail fraud because they are mailing in the request for the money. So uh, it ended up a lot of supermarket owners uh, went to jail, and that's how I bought Sloan's. Uh, when they went to jail, they they foreclosed uh, on those stores and they uh, sold it to us because we we were running a legitimate business. I mean, and and remember what it was like the old days when the cashiers would then get the coupons, and then they'd have to know is this a valid coupon? Not a valid coupon. This coupon is torn. Now I got to put Scotch tape on it. And then by the way, when you had when you right? had one dollar coupons and five dollar coupons, they started. They started counterfeiting coupons. Yep. Coupons. 
With, so, and they weren't barcoded then. No, they no, weren't no. barcoded. No. Barcode? What was that 40 years ago? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You weren't born. No, that's true. I wasn't. I'm telling you, Andrew, I had to stop more fights up at the cashiers with the older women who would come up with the coupons, and the cashier sometimes would reject some of them. It would hold up the line. People would be, hey, I got to get out of here. Meantime, they're arguing over like a dollar or two dollars <laughs> worth of coupons. Then there was a guy. Uh, out in uh, uh, in Queens or in, uh, Mel White's, and Mel is a hell of a nice guy. He went, he went one step further. You know what he did? Hmm. He said, "I'm gonna. Why should I pay the Hadassah woman to cut the coupons?" He would hire uh, ten girls, and uh, what's the cost of buying? Uh, a hundred thousand newspapers. None. In fact, a lot of them. 100, a nickel a piece is five thousand right. dollars. Yeah. Right. Those hundred thousand newspapers had like, Jesus Christ. You said forty dollars a newspaper. So you're talking about four million dollars. Forty thousand dollars worth of paper. Yeah. Something like that. Four million dollars. He like that. he hired a back room. And they would be cutting the coupons out. And then, to make them appear to be used, they would put them in dryers, they would tumble, they would put them between sofas, jump up and down on them, right. anything to make them look crinkly like they were used. And they were stealing millions of dollars. <laughs> millions of dollars. Wow. Well, people would open up stores just to have more store numbers to, 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 to submit more coupons. So you spit the more coupons. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. That's- you know, Procter and Gamble was was stealing from the consumer by raising the prices so high, but to them it was a a legitimate steal. Yeah, you know. But so versus many- when when the consumer when, when the store owner did it, that was mail fraud. It's it's the same way these days when if a, if a guy goes in and robs five thousand dollars from uh, a, a bank, bank robber, mm-hmm. he'd go to jail for 20 years. Yeah. But somebody uh, uh, defrauds a bank or something or whatever, or a, yeah. a banker steals the money. You know, there are a lot of really good true con- crime documentaries out there. I haven't seen anything on this. I feel like this would actually make uh, we, a really fascinating documentary. In the United States of America, we do have the best democracy in the world. And what they're trying to do, they're trying to ruin it. They're trying to change it and ruin it. Yeah. Well, that constitutional that constitutional republic part is a very big part of that. And yeah. the Constitution, they're just trashing, sadly. And then, remember, there was the S&H Green Stamps. There was a period of time. <laughs> and they had their own stores where you would redeem the S&H Green Stamps. My mother, oh, we have to buy our gas at Flying A to get the S&H Green Stamps. We have to go here to get the S&H Green Stamps because we want a freaking toaster. I said, Mom, we already have a toaster. <laughs> oh, but that's a new toaster. And they would lick these S&H Green Stamps, the women and men. they put it in the books. They'd fill up the books, and you'd go to this redemption center. They'd have knives. They'd Crazy. have... Radios, they'd have toasters, and it was like S&H green stamps everywhere. And people would actually go and buy things, not because they wanted that product. They wanted the S&H green stamps. Really? 
And they, they'd end up, you'd have to lick them back then because your tongue would get all full of blisters from licking all the stems and put it in your book. So that's a, that's a world that my generation doesn't know. Like, this is all stuff that, yeah, I remember my grandparents uh, clipping some coupons, both my grandmothers, but I didn't know all this. This is fascinating. Well, your father put a lot of those people in jail. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah, the, your father was a good prosecutor. He was a tough guy, but he was a good prosecutor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm very proud. You Proud should. son. Proud you should. son. Look, this city, look at what he did to bring this city back from total destruction. And now we've had a chance with eight years of the Bellagio, two years of Adams, to say, what the hell happened? Julian we straightened this city, we straighten this city tough, up. Tough last decade. That, you know, he was the one who imposed all those cattle uh, pens that you see now mm-hmm. that people are forced in in Times Square. Before that, yep. You could work the crowd, pickpockets, jostlers, gang members. There would always be total chaos on New Year's Eve. And then on the subways, taking people home was out of control. Thanks to your dad for bringing us back to where we needed to be. And if only this mayor this year would make a New Year's resolution and say, the one person I haven't sat down and sought counsel with is Rudy. He was a cop 30 years ago. He knows the job he has to do. And he just has to put his foot down. And do it. I mean, he can't make all sides happy. And you can't make... uh, Listen, if you're going to go down losing as mayor in 2025, why don't you go down and be proud of the job you're doing instead of going down and, 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 and just... Instead of being part of the problem. Well, up next, John, I'm going to give you a preview of the Port Authority police. They're getting ready because the Hamas crazies have said they're going to shut JFK down. They tried it when everybody was leaving town, and they said they're going to do it today as everybody's coming back to town. Nobody does it better than the Port Authority police. I'll I'll break it down to you what they're going to do and watch the response of the... New Jersey, New York, Port Authority cops who never get attention and recognition, but now more than ever. Boy, they've led the way, and they know how to shut down these demonstrations. As we continue on with our live and local programming, after we finish at 10, it's uh, Andrew Giuliani taking you from 10 to 12, and then I return for the rip and read from 12 to 1. Live and local programming, we've had all of this holiday season. And that's why you listen to the number one station in the nation by day and the number one station once it's dark out throughout the world. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. So last uh, week, the mayor in his uh, once-a-week press conference uh, said it was a mistake of his to sign that consent order decree that gave money to Black Lives Matter and Antifa. 
than them being kettled in by the NYPD in the summer of George Floyd 2020. I'd say that's an understatement, Curtis. He now has regrets. And we see the results is that nobody gets arrested at these pro-Hamas demonstrations last night. They did a great job keeping them out of Times Square, the NYPD. But they went on their way. They went into Macy's. They released smoke bombs. Nobody got arrested. They blocked Grand Central Station. Again, nobody got arrested. One guy got arrested for making noise, which is something that everybody does on New Year's Eve. Uh, who was a pro-Hamas demonstrator. But you will see a total different approach today because the pro-Hamas demonstrators are licking their chops saying, the Port Authority stymied us last week when we tried to stop all traffic leaving JFK for the holiday. Within a half hour, the Port Authority had arrested 29, put them on a Port Authority terminal bus that goes from terminal to terminal, and had towed all the vehicles away because what they had was a caravan, a car caravan that just stopped in the Van Wick and blocked everyone. Today, the same pro-Hamas demonstrators have said they're taking over Terminal 4, which is where a lot of the international flights come in. They're going to block the Van Wick. They even tell everybody in advance, we're meeting at the Canarsie Pier. If anybody wants to be in the vehicular caravan that's going to block traffic, Meet us at the Ganarsi Pier. We're going to parade down the Belt Parkway, past Exit 13, Rockaway Parkway, Ganarsi. We're going to go to the JFK entrance. We're going to block it there. And I'll bet you again, the Port Authority will be prepared. They will remove the cars. They will make arrests. And they will allow for open free flow of traffic of the many people that are flying back uh, to JFK today from being away for a week or more. That's the way you have to do it. They're not restricted by the same restrictions that Eric Adams accepted for the NYPD. Yeah, and what a difference we saw just last week when the PAPD, the Port Authority, was able to come in and, like you said, Curtis, within 20 minutes, get those pro-Hamas protesters out of the Van Wick, off there, get the cars, tow them out of the way right there, and allow traffic to flow through pretty quickly again. I mean, how different has that been than what we've seen the last few months, the last few years? And guess what? It's only going to get worse because now these protesters, they realize that if they go out there, then, as you've said, this is an opportunity for them to get together. But on top of this, they may just end up getting a settlement from the city. If something ends up happening, they may just get a settlement from the city. So it's not just even a matter of the fact that there's no potential consequence. They may actually get rewarded for all of this as well, John. They're out for it. They, uh, they, they put out a, uh, uh, a recommendation. It should be $10,000 per protester. Yeah, In wild. other words, somebody's paying them to protest. <laughs> and then the city's going to give them another 10000 I mean, things are out of control. Things are crazy. They're just out of control that things like this happen. And I don't know, is, is it the judges or is it the politicians? But it's just, we better straighten out if our country is going to survive. Well, look at this, John. Just from uh, what we have available to the NYPD, we have men and women who are trained equestrians who ride the horses. Part of the responsibilities of the 80 horses who are part of the equestrian division are to do crowd control. It's what they really do. For every one cop on a horse, it replaces 10 cops because when they're up on the horse, they can see into the crowd. 
they can see who the rabble rousers are, who's throwing what. Now, they claim they have drones now that do that. Drones don't frighten anybody away. I can tell you, having been in crowd control situations all over the world with the Guardian Angels, when the horses and the cops come. Throw in the Mounties. <laughs> and the horse flips its backside towards the crowd. You know, they whip around. Yeah. Everybody goes running for cover. Nobody's a tough guy or a tough gal out there when the horses come down the street. And our politicians, they got to allow the NYPD, the best police force in the world. Yeah. The world. They are. And, and, and let the police department do their jobs. And that's my objection to, uh, with Eric. Eric was a cop. He, he should know better than that. Well, this you know? is the other problem, John. Every time they do battle with the police, because they want to do battle with the police at some point in their demonstration. Yeah, they're going to end up getting, suing and getting paid. Yeah. They call, and the city will settle with that. Yeah. The city calls a level three, which then means every precinct must give up 10 cops that are in their sector to immediately run to the location where the Hamas supporters are battling NYPD. That means you're taking 10 cops from each precinct. John, you're making a neighborhood that's already vulnerable because we have less police that much more vulnerable. Look, BB has said this war in the Gaza is going to go on for months. Mm -hmm. I believe him. That means we're going to have a demonstration a day. If you haven't figured it out by now, January 1st, you've got to come up with a plan to restrict their movement. They have a right to protest, but they don't have a right to parade all throughout the streets. This is ridiculous. They go wherever they want, whenever they want, how they want. Now they're going through stores. Imagine they're parading through Macy's, setting off uh, smoke bombs, and nobody gets arrested. But, Curtis, there's no plan, and that's the thing. We've seen that there's no plan. And if there's any hope that there was a plan, that these protesters wouldn't just run through the city like they are without anybody abridging any of their movement right there, then the consent decree is a perfect example of the fact that there actually is no plan. And even if there was a potential plan for the NYPD to do it, they well, don't look, have the autonomy at, to actually do it themselves. Look at the Port Authority, state authority. It's not a law and order governor in Jersey. It's not a law and order governor in Albany. And yet it's a state authority with police who have perfected the art. Last week, they couldn't have been done it any better and protected the rights of the demonstrators. Notice, none of the demonstrators said we were assaulted, we were abused, our rights were violated. They moved in quickly, swiftly, removed the vehicles, arrested the demonstrators, and put them along the curb so that if you were driving the rest of the way on the Van Wick into your terminal that you had to either pick up people or have your people depart, you watch 29 of them sitting there, cuffed, hands behind the back, sitting there on the so curb. So I better not do that. That might be a bad well, thing for me It to made that. you, yeah. the taxpayer, say, yeah, the cops are doing their yes. job. Yeah, if you're going to demonstrate, you have to do it within legal restraints. Mm -hmm. And if you cross that line, you're going to jail. Yeah. It's that simple. Well, if they protest, I hope they don't protest on Thursday because I'm taking a flight. So please don't protest. Oh, Thursday. wait a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> what, what do you mean? It's, everything is about you, Andrew yeah, Giuliani. You know, I, let's, let's hope they don't protest at all and they get it done. But just hey, wait, sure. wait. I guess you're, I better leave you're leaving soon, too, right? You're going to look at your properties down in, uh, Sarah, uh, in uh, St. Petersburg. No, we're not going to the 20th. Okay, all right. All right, so you're here. January 20th. So I'm here. I am here. You're going to celebrate a year because that'll be one year to the day that Donald Trump gets elected president on the 20th. Sorry, inaugurated president on the 20th, right? Is that what it is? Well, January 20th is inauguration. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Think of it. Every four years. There you go. If the election were held tomorrow the way things are in all the polls, 
Donald Trump would win in a landslide. He's in a good position one year out, but we know a lot can happen in one year. Well, let's look. We'll look to the Nostradamus of WABC, our own John Katsimatidis, to look into his grape leaves from Greece (laughs) and tell us, as the Nostradamus of WABC up next, John, what you predict politically will happen on the national landscape in the United States of America. Oh, my God. Me and uh, Anthony Weiner went to Slugfest on that. I know. but you was in shock. You ended up singing songs. You ended up singing songs. No, listen to the songs. Listen to the words. I have it. Whatever will be, will be. (laughs) When we come back, I'm going to play that for you. You and Anthony Weiner singing. Uh, My New Year's resolution is, John, save it for the shower stalls. Because nobody here at WABC can sing. Right here on your place to be. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Sarah, Sarah, whatever, whatever will be, will be. The futures that ours to see. Hey, Sarah, Sarah. Have a happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year. Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be. I'm not winning any awards for singing. <laughs> Keep it. I like it, though. I mean, it shows a little. Uh, you need a little. You know, you need a little bit of spirit. You need a little bit of soul. Yeah. What you say, you, Sliwa? What well, say you? now that I'm going to be part of the Senior <laughs> Citizen Brigade in March when I become March, 70. March, March 26. March 26, you're going to hit the big 7-0. we got to have a big celebration. Absolutely. Right, you We're invi- going to have a big celebration. Just don't invite my enemies, please. Uh, it'll kill the celebration. Then who's going to come if your enemies I'm, can't I, come? I, who else? Who's <laughs> left? Invite, who's left? The, the, uh, I'm going to invite the uh, office of the mayor, and I'm going to yeah. invite the office of the, uh, of the governor. Yeah. You think they'll be there? I, I'm sure they'll. Uh, One person they might lose who, it in the mail. Who John. will show up after 20 mail. years of having a feud with me is Senator Aldamano. We made the peace. I made peace. That's right. On Columbus Day in our live broadcast, he came up to me. I was doing the broadcast to start the parade, and he couldn't have been nicer to me. So we made the, the peace. And remember, by being in the Senior Citizen Brigade, this is, this is who I'm involved with. I'm with our oldest member, Cindy Adams. She's the dean. Uh, Al D'Amato, contributor, he's 86. Peter King, I think he's 80. There's John. There's Judge Weinberg. Uh, There's your father, Mm -hmm. uh, Rudy. So now I'm part of the Senior Citizen Brigade. So I have some immunity, I would think, immunity from uh, being given the uh, Bronx cheer. But, yep, I will be 70 on March 26th, and I can think of no better place to spend it than broadcasting here on WABC, which I do uh, almost every day and every night uh, during the course of the week. It's true. It's true, Curtis. It's always broadcasting either Curtis or Katsimatidis, it feels like. But, Curtis, man, you are just an absolute uh, – right. the Energizer Bunny. So, the Energizer Bunny. Nostradamus here, John Katsimatidis, 
looking into your crystal ball, into the Greek grape leaves, what do you see this 2024? Pick a pick a uh, party first. Oh, well, obviously Let's go the party pres- by party. presidential okay. election. Presidential election. Well, so, the, Republican know, primary. Going well, on talk now. about first uh, uh, the Democratic Party, and this is where me and Anthony uh, went at it, and he was in pure shock when I told him what's going to happen. Yeah. I I told him my prediction is uh, what the Democratic Party plans to do is, is the fact is that. Uh, 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 President Biden will be marched in through the, uh, the Democratic uh, Party process, the convention, and he will get the nomination. But after he gets the nomination, according to the, uh, the, to the rules of the game they've been playing, uh, Republicans and Democrats, after he gets the nomination and he, uh, he gets sick and, and resigns, then there's no primaries. No primaries. You know what happens, Curtis? And he was in shock, Anthony, and he's a good kid. He's a smart kid. Uh, and uh, he, uh, 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 the Democratic governors, the Democratic National Committee, and the Democratic Senate, and some heavy hitters in the Democratic Party get to pick the nominee of the party without any primaries. Mm-hmm. Is that shocking? And if the nominee of the party is Newsom, uh, then they get rid of the vice president. What's her name? Kamala. Pamela Harris. And you know why? You can't have two of the president and vice president in the same state. From the same state. So they get rid of her. They promise her that if we win, we're going to make you a Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. And that's the promise they're going to make. And then Newsom gets to pick his own vice president. Well, will there be wow. enough of California? Anthony was in shock. shock. Yeah. <laughs> I can see why. But uh, will there be enough of California left for this reason? We see the waves are coming in, wiping out the beaches. And Newsom has just signed a bill in Sacramento, January 1st. That'll be today. They're $86 billion in debt as a state. Yeah. They like nine times the amount of debt that we have in New York State. And he has now signed a guarantee that every illegal alien will have full health care coverage. That is insanity. Well, he's going to follow the, the method of uh, I want to get elected. Uh, let me put three, three, uh, three turkeys in every pot. Yeah. Yeah. How many more turkeys can I put in I everybody's mean, pot look, for free? They're giving away the taxpayers' money. And nobody cares because as long as I got the turkey in my pot, who cares uh, about the debt? Yeah. Nobody cares about the debt until someday, someday you might have uh, uh, the uh, oh crap moment. Yeah. Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, somebody's going to have but, to pay for that debt. But uh, as I've, I've said previously, if there, it, it doesn't matter if there's $5 trillion, $10 trillion, $20 trillion, $30 trillion in debt. As long as they have respect for the White House and our way of life in Washington, it doesn't matter. It could be $40 trillion. But the minute they lose respect for the White House and Washington, then that's what it matters. What, what is that? But look- right now, the dollar bill 
is still a dollar bill. I re- people in the world would rather have a hundred dollar bill than a hundred uh, euro note. John, in your mind, what does that look like a little bit more? Because we're at a time where you can see world leaders have significantly less respect for the White House now than they did four yes, years but ago. There's, so only ten months to, there's only 10 months right. to the election. Yeah. So uh, the, the United States leadership that has common sense, and there's a few, there's a lot of people that do have common sense mm-hmm. on, on both sides, uh, but everybody's playing the game. Everybody's playing the game. When we get to the 10 o'clock hour, you're going to stay with me at the 10 o'clock hour, John. I want you to paint a little bit more of a picture of what that would look like if the debt became due. Let's say if we got to that point there is in the no future. debt. No, there, there is no such thing as a debt coming due. It, it's, a, it's a process where uh, it, it's not, it, not going to happen over the next five Ten years. Well, can I, can you help me with my personal debt? I'd like to be in that situation where I don't have to worry about my personal debt. Anyway, this segment is sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heater. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, the world's best built boilers. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. That's life. Last night, Bill Piscopo, another great performance on his now nationally syndicated show, Two hours at Frank Sinatra from 6 to 8 as he welcomed in the new year. He said, Joe, how come you're not here in the city? He said, are you crazy? The only people who go to watch the ball drop are those from foreign countries or other states. He knows better. But I will tell you, John, as of 10 o'clock when you continue on with uh, Andrew Giuliani, it will be 24 hours from now that a judge unseals a document in federal court in New York, the Jeffrey Epstein files. Already we've been told that your very dear friend has mentioned Bill Clinton 50 times. He's John Doe 36. But we already knew that about Bill Clinton. We know that Donald Trump uh, had flown uh, with uh, Epstein's jet, other folks, but there got to be a lot of people out there who are warning, oh, my God, my name has never been mentioned before. The federal judge is unlocking this, uh, you can call it a safe, of those who were friends of Epstein, those who benefited from uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, business uh, deals. And there's going to be a lot of people who I have a feeling, John, who are going to be ducking for cover once their names surface Tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning when that file gets unsealed. Yeah, how many people are sweating right now, Curtis? I uh, mean, oh, a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people. But well, that obviously we'll be covering that tomorrow. Some names we already know, a lot of names that we don't know, and uh, some who have continued to try to go before the judge before she unseals the documents tomorrow and say, no, you can't do this. This will destroy my reputation. It will destroy my life. People will come to the wrong conclusion because I had some kind of relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, we talked about Harvard and how far down Harvard has gone in terms of it no longer being a university of free speech, a chancellor who uh, has 
basically stolen uh, other people's words and ideas and incorporated it into her own papers. She's a plagiarist, and she continues to be at the helm of Harvard. But for years, Jeffrey Epstein walked around Harvard with Harvard Crimson Garb on with the big H. The assumption was he was an alumni of Harvard. He never was. He just bought it at the bookstore, huh? That's it. He just went to the bookstore. But he made, he, he made big contributions, and he got other heavy hitters to make big contributions. And all of a sudden, he was synonymous with Harvard. To be continued. But right now, as you uh, take us into the 10 to the 12 o'clock hour, Andrew Giuliani, what do you have in store before I come back with a rip and read from 12 to 1? Well, I'm excited. John Katzmatidis is going to join me from 10 to 11 o'clock over here. And we're going to get into what 2024 is going to look like. We started touching on it in terms of what that looks like in the Democratic Party over here. But what does it look like? We have a still have a Republican primary technically going on. Now, Trump looks very good going in. But we're going to have a really, really busy January. Think about the Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire going into February at South Carolina, where you have to think in these first three states, a couple of these campaigns are going to be ending at some point. Is Trump going to be the guy at the end of January like he is right now? And also impeachments. Are impeachments going to happen? What's going to happen with Hunter? What about more lawfare? Are we going to see more Trump trials? What's that going to look like? And by the way, the border, the border right now in the last three months, John, out of control, almost 800,000 migrant encounters. That's just of what we know about. Completely out of control. control. So we have a whole lot of questions going into this election year in 2024. And I can't think of anybody better to help us try to straighten this out than the one, the only John Katzman. Well, I'm going to go a little lighter when I follow you from the rip and read. Wait a second. You're going to go a little lighter (laughs) than me, Curtis. That's pretty rare. Because I have collected everyone in this past year who has decided to use the number one station in the nation by day, number one in the world by night. To actually sing like we just heard John Katsimatidis and Anthony Weiner. I hear there's a Giuliani on that list, too. Is that a new theme song? You know, I liked Que Sera Sera. And play Que Sera Sera again. Que Sera Sera. I'm joining. Whatever will be, will be. Don't quit you, J.J. <laughs> oh, here it is. Hold on. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. You and Anthony Weiner, a duet. I'm going to be playing James Golden singing, Frank Morano singing, uh, Sid and Justin singing. Maybe I'll give you a new cut. Your daddy singing, Rudy. My other favorite song on New Year's, I always liked Palisades Amusement Park. Swings All Day and After Dark. Yep. And what's the rest of it uh, when you went to the uh, George Washington bus station on the uh, Washington Heights side? Wait, wait, wait. 50 years later, I still think of it. Oh, let's, let's listen to this. So this is the jingle from it, huh? Yeah. Oh, really? And then it turns out anybody who did go to Palisade Park with the world's largest uh, saltwater pool. It was a beautiful pool. You would say, wait a second, this is not Palisades Park. This is Fort Lee and Cliffside Park. And they'd say, yeah, but it didn't rhyme with the, with the, with the jingle. <laughs> People didn't know that, John, that they, were, they thought they were going to Palisades Park, swings all day and after dark, and well, they were really was, in that, Fort that, Lee. But the, no, but that was the name of the park. It wasn't, you know, uh, it was on the Palisades, and it was a park, right? Wow. 
Don, you bought that propaganda. You, yeah. you went for that hook, line, and well, sinker. I, I remember the commercial from 50 years ago. Skip the bother and skip the fuss. Take a public service bus. Public service sure is great. Takes you right up to the gate. gate. <laughs> I like it. And then you would have uh, the greatest DJ of all time, Cousin Brucey from the old WABC, introducing Bobby Rydell on the stage. The girls would swoon. The rides were... Ah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, forget uh, all the other amusement parks today. There's nothing to be able to touch Palisades Park swings all day and after dark. That was Freedom Land, and then they oh, tore it down. Oh, Freedom Land, where they Co-op City is. Oh. To make Co-op City. Oh, that was my favorite. <laughs> where they would burn down Another Chicago every night. Deal. That's right. Anyway, we continue here. Andrew Giuliani and John Katzmatidis as I prepare. I warm up in the bullpen for the Rip and Read 12 to 1.